Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, amen. Welcome, guys. Welcome back to the Work Believer podcast series. Episode 4. And um, we've been on the particular topic series, Who is a Work Believer? This is the part 4 of the topic. So far, so good. God has been helping us. And um, we know that God will continue to help us. Thank you so much for listening to the previous episodes. And I know that God has been doing great. So great. And the Spirit has been giving us conviction and willpower and um, understanding. Okay, so um, this will be the last um, episode for this particular season who is a world believer season one so this is the last episode and the last part of this series amen so from the next episode to be a new topic series entirely but before i go deep into that let's dive into what god has for us today so from the very first um segment of this um particular topic series who is a work believer we've been you know trying to define me trying to define or give meaning to who a work believer is by definition and by characteristics and um we've seen um that um a work believer is someone a believer that is aware one who is first a believer that has performed the salvation transaction and one who has received the life of Christ and one who is aware about the truths of his faith and is able to separate the doctrines of Christ from the doctrines of men and the true from the untrue that is not blinded by false religion. And um, we've been able to understand that a woke believer by characteristic is one that has a relationship, a healthy relationship with God, um, is a lover of God, one who has submitted his will and desires. Hallelujah. And one who finds delight in building his relationship in the study of the word and communication in prayer. And um, the fourth characteristic and the one we'll be focusing on today is living by the Spirit. Living by the Spirit. A woke believer is one that doesn't allow um, himself, his, his or herself, to be ruled by the flesh, basically. Because... The life that we live is not our own. We've been crucified to Christ. Nevertheless, we live. And the life we live, we live through the faith of true faith in the Son of God. Galatians 2, verse 20. So the whole believer is one who has been crucified and no longer lives his life by the flesh, but by the Spirit of the Son of God. So we must understand these things as a believer you are dead to sin you are dead to the flesh though you can have 
um, desires. You must. You can have wills. You can have wants and needs. But everything is subject to the leading of the spirit. We are told that um, as Christians, as believers, we have and we would man- manifest both gifts and fruits of the spirit. In Galatians five verse twenty-two to twenty-three, ESV says, "But the fruit of the spirit." Is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So we are meant to understand that living a life by the Spirit will produce. Because if you read that in context, you will try and understand that the Apostle Paul was trying to tell the Galatians church that if truly you are living by the Spirit and you have the Spirit in you, you will have this fruit. So, as believers with the Spirit of God living in us as a result of giving and receiving the life, giving our lives to Christ and receiving His own life, we'll have love. We'll have love. You can't say you are living by the Spirit and there is hate in you. You can't say you love God and you hate your neighbor. So you can't say you are living by this faith when you are, you are brooding, you are growing and grooming hatred in your heart. Even towards your enemy, you are not allowed to hate your own enemy, even people that despise you. It is, it is you know, painted through the New Testament on how we are supposed to love our neighbor, even if our neighbor is our enemy. So you cannot brood hatred in your heart, even for the worst of your enemies, and say... You are living by the Spirit. You must be an embodiment of love, just like the way Christ was an embodiment of love. You must have joy. You must have joy. Now, there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness um, can be influenced by your mood. You can be happy one minute and be sad the next. Happiness is easily influenced. Happiness is a temporary state. It's a temporary state of your emotions. And it can easily be influenced by by your surrounding and by your environment. But when you have joy, this joy doesn't come from your environment. doesn't come from you. It comes from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So this joy is a never-ending one that comes from God himself. We have joy as believers and we must walk in that joy. Knowing that Christ died for us is enough to give us joy for the rest of our lives. And now accepting the Spirit to come into our lives, it will give us endless joy. To give us joy and joy cannot be influenced cannot be modified and cannot be changed by the happenings in the environment it can't be because the joy isn't coming from you it is not your joy it is giving it is for, from from god and it's giving to us to express so as far as god remains joyous we are joyous so this is not as a result of the number of cars we have, the number of houses we have, 
or the money we have in our bank accounts. No, it's a never-ending joy that comes from the Spirit. You can't say you you live by the Spirit and you do not exhibit joy, which is a permanent state of mind of the believer. Peace. Peace. As one living by the Spirit, you must be a peacemaker. You must have the inner peace. Again, when you are when you have joy, you have peace. And this peace surpasses human understanding. Surpasses human understanding. And this kind of peace is not threatened. It doesn't feel threatened. It's not modified or it's not challenged by your environment. That is the peace of the Spirit. The peace of God which surpasses all human understanding. We can't even understand. Why do you have peace when you are broke? Why do you have peace when your life doesn't look like it's coming all together? It's because you are filled with the Spirit. And when you are filled with the Spirit and you are allowing the Spirit to govern your life, you will exhibit the fruit of peace. Hallelujah. Patience, long-suffering, your ability to stay, to stay even when it's looking like God is quiet, God is not speaking, or God is not there, even when He is. But because of circumstances around, you still stay, your ability to stay and to endure and to wait upon the Lord, not to be shaken by the waves of this world kindness generosity we can't say the spirit is in us and we are not kind to our neighbor we are not generous goodness we must exhibit goodness instead of being good because it's our nature we must be good to everyone both our friends and foes we must be faithful we must be faithful the spirit will make us faithful the spirit will make us faithful it is the spirit that helps us to remain faithful to our cause when you have the spirit in you and when you are living by the spirit you are governed by the spirit and you are a bundle of faithfulness gentleness you are meek the absence of pride the absence of um exaggerated anger and boiling emotion self-control there are a lot of ways we can break down these units of the fruits even into separate um series of their own but i'm just trying to give an overview and the last fruit self-control you can't say you are governed by the spirit when you have no self-control it is the spirit that helps us this self-control is talking about the flesh now not the spirit itself but the flesh the spirit of god will help you exercise self-control over your your wants your needs your wills and your desires if you are not able to have self-control and self-discipline to control your own wants your own wills and desires we will be led astray that is why the spirit helps us to control our flesh to subdue our flesh according to galatians 5 16 if i say i walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh so if you walk by the spirit you will not feed the desires of your flesh 
Galatians 5.25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So meaning, if we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Let it show in our processions, in our projections. Let the Spirit show in everything we do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And um, we must understand that the works of the flesh are spelled out. Sexual immorality, uh, according to um, Galatians 5, 19-21, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealous, fits of anger, rivalries, deceptions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. It is the stress that helps us to mortify our flesh in such a way that these things are not found in us. These works of the flesh are not found in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Galatians 5, 16-17 But if I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, again, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, meaning there is a constant battle. For these are opposed to each other you keep and to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Now, things of the flesh are against the things of the spirit and the things of the spirit are against the things of the flesh. So when you allow one take charge, the other one will become less dominant. So if you allow your flesh to check, to take charge, it will win the battle over the spirit. But when you allow the spirit to take charge, it will help you to subdue and win your battle against the flesh. It is very important we do this. I'll close out by the scripture. Galatians 2 verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It is very, it is very important we understand the dynamics that we now live by faith in the Son of God. And that faith in the Son of God is one of the spirits. So even if we are still having our bodies, but we are not governed by our flesh. We are not governed by our wills, our desires, our lusts, our wants and needs, but by the Spirit. Hallelujah. I know the Spirit has given us understanding, will and conviction. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks. Father, we give you praise. Let's see your name be exalted, be glorified. Thank you for this podcast series. Thank you for this season that we've been turning on. Thank you for this topic series. Thank you because you've given us understanding and will to walk in accordance with the standard of what it is to be true believers. Thank you, Father, for walking in us. Thank you for transforming us. Thank you for bringing us to the light. We pray that we stay in your grace, grow in that grace and in your knowledge. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, everyone. Like I said, um, we have come to the end of this particular season. Who is a woke believer? This part four is the last of the series. We'll be starting again with a new season. And the title of that season will be Power Over Fear. Please tune in. Tune in. Set your reminders. We'll be coming back in a few weeks' time, two to three weeks. We have to prepare, we have to pray, we have to prepare and study.
because what God has for us is very big. We'll be back in a few weeks for season two, titled Power Over Fear. Let us really understand, come to knowledge and understanding that Christ has given us power over fear. Hallelujah. Till season two, stay and grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ. Thank you so much.